The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We're visionaries, entrepreneurs, and artists. Dream, transform, and create. Ray TV. You are listening to Miracle Moment, and I am your host, Ray Ireland. This is where trailblazing, truth-telling, provocative, and successful entrepreneurs and creatives from around the globe share their number one miracle moment that changed everything, pointing them in the direction of igniting epic soul alignment in their life and business. These renegade souls will show you the behind-the-scenes, real-life magic on how to create a world-class lifestyle of true success. I am so glad you're tuning in. Welcome to the next podcast episode of Miracle Moment. Today we are here with Shirley Williams, and I'm so excited to have her here. She is a spiritual empowerment coach who is deeply committed to living and helping others live in a very authentic life, you know, guiding every single moment and situation in the direction of being a process of your own internal awakening. So I'm excited for you to be here, Shirley. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about what got you into becoming a spiritual empowerment coach and what does that mean to you? Yeah, great question. So I'm 52. My background is yoga and meditation. And I really feel like this spiritual empowerment coach is a way for me to integrate into what I'm already doing. And so I feel in my heart that women all over the world are not living or stepping into their full authentic self. I have conversations daily with women who think, well, life is good. It's good enough. It's good enough. You know, and I've always been a seeker and I've always been on a spiritual journey. And I know for me, I feel like it's never good enough. Like I always want to be learning and growing and checking in with myself. And so I feel like this was the next evolution for me in my journey of my offerings. You know, um, I love the idea of yoga meets life coaching because I think that yoga and meditation and breathing pranayama is the embodiment of the work we do in conversation, in the places that we're curious, in the questioning of what now, what next, what more. So I think it really sort of flows into each other. And for me, spiritual empowerment is about doing the work, is about not looking outside of ourselves. I really believe that all the answers we have are inside. We just have to get quiet enough to start to listen to them. And that's what it is for me to be spiritually empowered is to dive deeper inside of what I already know and figure out how to bring that to the surface. Mm, mm, I love that. 
And okay, so this is an interesting topic. You were you said in the beginning, you know, that desire to want more and not settle with where life is. And yet that can also become something that could disable being in the present moment. If you are continuously like seeking more, um, I almost get the image of a carrot on the end of a stick and you're just kind of chasing this thing or chasing the, you know, check boxes of, of a to-do list. So what is that balance point of really connecting with the desires and connecting with, okay, I do want more. And how can you use that to be beneficial instead of something that can actually kind of harm your quality of life? It's such a great question because, and it's funny, I coach women who are like, they're all over the place. Now I, now I'm visualizing this carrot being dangled and someone like, let's go here, let's go here. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's really about trusting the process, right? And it, and it is about slowing down. So it's less about chasing, you know, when I, when I see that visualization, I see, or I envision this bypassing of spirituality, you know, like, well, that didn't work. What next? What next? And so it's really, when I say diving in, it's really about getting quiet and Mm. not really settling you know, like if, if, and I'm going to go back to that word trust, but if you can slow down enough and trust the process, then it's really about intuitively listening to your heart, to your gut. And that's why I also love the yoga and meditation, you know, so the work that I do for myself, and I'll talk about for my own personal growth is I ask the questions, I contemplate where I need to be. And then I embody it through the movement of yoga and meditation. My greatest paths are revealed when I'm quiet. So it's less about the chase and more about the trust, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I almost feel it's, it's like getting quiet and sitting with what you want. Maybe not feeling that sort of anxious energy pulling you forward into action, but really sitting with the knowing and the desire. And I feel like that's a very feminine way of being. Like it reminds me more of yin yoga and and that sort of magnetic quality. Do you feel like that's something that you focus on or think about when moving through life? It's interesting, right? Because we we often talk about like the things that we push away the most are usually the things that we need the most, right? And so listening to it energetically from the feminine perspective is really important because I grew up in a very masculine world for myself. You know, like I, I wanted the chase, I liked the hustle, I practiced, you know, Ashtanga yoga every day regardless, unless I was, you know, was told I needed to slow down a little bit. And it really is in the stopping where all will be revealed, right? So you mentioned yin yoga, restorative yoga, meditation, pranayama. I I gain the most insight when I'm more in tune to that kind of energy. And I feel like sometimes and I'm going to use women in general because those that's who I coach. 
they're on such a quest and urgency for searching that the energy behind the way they're looking is such an energy of, we use the word urgency, we use the word lack, like they're approaching it. And so I really get them to slow down a little bit and listen to hear, get quiet to hear more is really, you know, what needs to happen. And so, yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I love the combination of coaching and yoga because mm -hmm. we can, you know, if we're having a conversation with someone and we're being curious about something, is it, is there an urgency behind it? Can they step back in a practice of embodiment and then more can be revealed? Mm, yeah, and so I, I love that you bring up the Ashtanga because that's my background as well. I studied, practiced Ashtanga, taught Ashtanga full on that, that every day show up to your mat and be present. And it, at the time of my life, when I was really in that practice, I felt like I really needed that type of container and consistent practice to continue to show up and to be able to see my reflection in that consistency. Um, I'm curious when it comes to consistency and being consistent, how does that relate to that experience of also slowing down? Because I like sometimes, and a lot of women that are maybe listening to this, um, they are professionals, they are, you know, go-getters and really putting that energy forward and moving a lot. And sometimes they can just be so scary to be like, well, how long do you want me to be quiet? How long do you want me to sit here? <laughs> like, is this going to be forever? If I'm sad and I like sit down, like I feel like I'll have like grief and tears for like the rest of my life. So like, where's that kind of like, where do you stop that? And where do you kind of create consistency in moving forward in your personal practices and like in your practices with clients? Yeah, it, you know, it really is such a fine line. And I want to say that all of the practices have served, I'll speak for myself, that all of the practices have served me well throughout my journey. You know, like mm -hmm. my time of Ashtanga practicing, very committed practice, served me really well at the time. But it's also then, can you, can you step back or, or get a bigger perspective? I call it the eagle eye vision where you can intuitively know, okay, this is maybe what I need now. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, and I, and I did this, I was guilty of it. A lot of times I didn't get quiet because I'm, I was afraid, right? Like if I started crying, was it ever gonna stop? If I hurt, was that ever gonna get better? And you can end up almost working so hard until you're injured or until there's something else that you've you've missed you know and so we talk about that moment and for me I about five years ago I ended um, a 20-year marriage and I realized at that defining moment and there's so many moments but that defining moment I realized if I don't slow down now enough to mourn this, then it's gonna come back to me. You know, like sometimes we're in a situation where we're like, oh my God, didn't I do this already? Like I was already here. And I think it's honoring where that here is. And so I knew in that moment that if I wasn't going to 
mourn and I wasn't going to grieve and go through that process and the, the things that I needed to and the, the trust of I'm going to be a ball of mush on the floor bawling my eyes out today because I have never experienced so much pain. I'm never going to grow from it or I'm going to repeat it. Right. And so that really was the moment for me of like, okay, I need to slow down now in all areas. And maybe I need to practice more meditation. Maybe I need to practice more yin. Maybe my 20 minutes a day should be 40 minutes a day and trusting that process because what I've realized in my life is, and I did this when I was younger is we can't keep going around things, right? We can't, they're gonna, we're gonna need to relearn something if we're not in it enough. And I think it's really, really scary. And I think it's really hard work, but what I can tell you is it's so worth it to slow down. And sometimes slowing down is scary. So for the person who's listening to this, who's you know, moving quickly, who's pushing through the days, who's hustling hard, it's, it's not a bad thing. Right, because there's that, okay, I wanna be successful. I see that vision of what it is that I want and I wanna hold that and that is also going to take work. But again, we can go back to the energy behind the work we wanna put out. Mm. You know, So it's not about hustling more, it's about hustling smarter. It's about paying attention. It's about being in those moments where you're broken open and trusting that you're gonna move through that so that we can get to the other side, whatever that looks like for us, you know, mm. and, and the journey's individual. The only thing we know for sure is that we're all on this journey. That's what we know. It's <laughs> going to be different for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that, that breakdown of it. I'm curious when it comes to miracles and your background of you know, su- such knowledge and wisdom around yoga and meditation, what does a miracle mean to you based off of your studies and your experience? A miracle for me is anything that gets me closer to my heart. Mm. Anything that allows me an awakening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so is there one miracle moment in your life that kind of pops into mind? a time where everything shifted for you and brought you closer to your heart? There's so many of them. I might cry. But when you asked me that question, I envisioned, I have twin boys. And I envisioned the day that they were born. Because they were born early. They were born three months early. They were considered... Uh, micro preemies at the time and and they're 22 years now so we're going back 22 years wow and I prayed for a miracle I didn't know what that would look like you know because the the chances of them um, surviving and then the chances of them surviving without serious disabilities um, were very low I think we were given a 20% chance of survival wow So that awakening for me, that moment, that miracle, and that trust of, okay, I need to trust the process now. This Mm -hmm. isn't anything I can control. I can't push through it. I can't 
I can't, it's out of my control, right? So mm-hmm. that's the, that, that was the moment of awakening. And, and really that miracle has taught me every single time at every crossroads for me in all of my life after that was to trust the process that it's mm-hmm. going to end up the way that it's supposed to in order for us to transform. And I have lived every single miracle after that exactly in that moment. Mm. Wow, that's an amazing story. If if we were to like go back to the time where you had a doctor or nurse tell you, you know, there's a 20% chance that your sons are going to survive. Like what had you stay connected to a miracle? Because most people, and I imagine it would, it would just be hard to even stay in touch with that. What was it for you that, that link that had you continue to move forward and have that trust and faith? Yeah. So here's the story. When the boys were born, a girlfriend came to the hospital and gave me a book and the book was miracle babies. And it was short stories on all the miracle babies that had been born premature. And I'm not knocking anyone else's story, but as I started reading these stories, these were not miracle stories. These were babies that were now relying on caregivers because they were either left with feeding tubes or in wheelchairs or mm-hmm. like, and I, and again, I, I'm, I'm not knocking anyone else's story. I don't know. I've never been in anyone else's shoes, mm-hmm. but I remember at that moment and it all happened together. I had the book, the social worker came in with this grave face of doom and just gave us the stats, you know, mm-hmm. I have always been a fighter in my life, you know, like, there's been many miracles. There's been many moments where I've had to pivot or shift or survive, let's say, you know, it goes back lineages, generations for me. My grandfather was a Holocaust survivor, right? So you're born into these survivors. Um, the father of my children, also a survivor. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're given this miracle, right? I had to believe that something was gonna come out of it, whether they survived or not, whether they were left with me having to be their primary caregiver, whatever that looked like, I held a bigger vision for them. And every time I held that vision and every time someone else came in to give me a different stat, doom, I held that vision. That's all I could do. I could visualize a life with my family, where we were traveling, where they were walking, where they were healthy, where they were going to school, where like I'd literally held those visions every single day in my mind so clearly that nothing else swayed me. Mm-hmm. You know, the doctor saying, um, you know, Oliver will never walk. Let's just wait for 12 months and see how behind he is and I really believed why would we wait why wouldn't we reprogram his brain the neural pathways now to teach him how to walk like what would that look like you know and then calling on the people because my vision were two kids that were walking and playing in the park and they had friends and 
you know, and 22 years later, they're functioning humans, you know, they, they're loving life. They're doing the best that they're doing for themselves. They're happy. They're independent. So I think this idea of visualizing what we want for ourselves is way more stronger than we give it credit for, you know, people would, and again, I know so much more now, you know, our thoughts, they become our things, our things become our actions, our, our visualizations become manifestations into what we want. And for people listening, it can sound hokey. It can sound woohoo. I'm a little bit of woohoo. I'm a little bit of science. <laughs> And I'm a lot of trust, you know, mm -hmm. I really believe that it unfolds the way it's supposed to for us to transform. And that moment, that miracle for me has led me down a path of exploration and discovery and guided myself and women all over the world to live extraordinary lives. Mm -hmm. And I hear just there is this like fierce commitment and devotion to creating the miracle in the now. You are like, even if, you know, you're in the hospital, you're still seeing and witnessing and bringing that vision into your consciousness and therefore into like the reality that you were creating. And it wasn't like, oh, they're going to, they will be walking in 12 months. But I hear there was it's funny because we use the word urgency earlier, but it, it almost is that declaration of like, now, now is the miracle right now. We don't have time to actually wait. And so using, using that urgency in a, a healthy way, which right. it's funny how that's right. circling back. Um, how do you, how do you just like, and I guess I did it. And, and now that we're talking about it and you even mentioning that sometimes there needs to be a little bit of urgency, mm -hmm. I would think. You know, but I guess it's the the consciousness around when that urgency needs to be present and then when we need to pull back a little bit, like, mm -hmm. hey, let's just ride this a little bit. Yeah, intuitively being aware of the the timing of the whole, the whole universe, the the collective, the people involved in the situation. Because sometimes if it's, we're bringing urgency maybe into our businesses or into relationships and it's un, it can be unnecessary and create extra stress stress and anxiety but if everyone if the whole is actually ready for that urgency to be be in action i um, feel like it would actually it could slow down and and disable the natural momentum that is occurring for a miracle to happen i love that i love that yeah, yeah. i didn't i didn't think of it that especially then I'm sure I didn't yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we're we're so intelligent beyond what we even know and I love this podcast because we go into these really important potent times and in, in our lives and um as leaders I think it's so cool to just talk about it again and dissect it and be like what really did happen there where where was I at and it gives us a little bit of frameworks so that way we can then be creating and playing with miracles that are happening in our everyday life. I love it. I mean, be off camera before we started recording, you said like, okay, we're going to talk about a miracle. And I was like a miracle. Like I have every day is a miracle. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and then when that <laughs> question came, I never even, never even thought of the boys, you know, yeah. like that moment. And that, 
God, looking back at that might've been the defining moment for me that led me to believe every single thing and really trust the process, you know? Wow. That's why. Wow. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story and being on here. I'm curious if you have um, any, anything that you might be carrying with you just now in this moment or from before our call jumping on, like, what is the message that you would love to just share with anyone that's listening? I feel the message is it's okay. Like, you know, and, and that goes back to like urgency versus, I guess, trust. It's okay. Like, we need to we need to cut ourselves some grace in this journey because it's hard and we often don't really acknowledge that you know it's like okay now this is the next thing now this is the next thing oh now this is the next thing and we don't really cut ourselves grace and we also don't really acknowledge especially as leaders the path that we're on and the energy that we support and the people who show up to hear the messages it's it's good work it's good work and it's it's well worth it the discomfort is well worth it (laughs) I describe it as as you know the path of personal growth or spirituality is it's like walking with a pebble in your shoe it's like just (laughs) (laughs) totally and sometimes there's a handful of pebbles in your shoe and sometimes there's just one little one (laughs) yes sometimes you have to take your shoes off and shake out all the pebbles and get up and start again (laughs) I love that analogy well thank you so much for being on the show how can people find you what's the best way for them to stay in touch with you the best place to find me is Instagram, Shirley Williams Coaching. I do have a website and I have a great, um, I call it the empowerment bundle. And so people can head over to my website at shirleywilliams.com and they can download the bundle. It has journal prompts and it has a guided meditation and a whole bunch of good things to empower women. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much again. I send you all the blessings all the way out to Tulum where you are right now. And I look forward to being in touch as we move forward. And thank you to everyone that has been listening, tuning in with us. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Ray. Thanks for checking out this video. Subscribe and ring the bell if you haven't yet, so you can stay up to date for new episodes coming out soon. And remember to witness and acknowledge the miracles and magic in every moment. This is Ray Ireland, and I'll see you soon.